You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. It's more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome in, and uh, happy Father's Day to uh, all the fathers out there that uh, hopefully had a great day yesterday. I know uh, we had a great time at Top Golf, one of our great sponsors. We we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. We were out there last night for about eight to ten o'clock. It cooled off, got down to about um, almost mid seventies. It felt great. Wow, uh, last night uh, at Top Golf, but we appreciate all the folks there and Kanan, who kind of runs everything there now. John, JW, all the guys, great staff. If you've never been, we call it the bowling of this generation. You'll absolutely. Love it out at Top Golf. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, some uh, top news stories before we do, uh, we'll get into also our Father's Days yesterday. Happy Father's Day to all the guys here in the studio. But uh, Cutter Bowley, uh, 2025 quarterback from Lexington Christian Academy in Kentucky, traveled to Tuscaloosa on Saturday where he showcased his skills to the Alabama coaching staff. He enjoyed the time, he said, with the premier program in college football and heaped praise on everything he experienced. He said it was awesome. I loved every single coach I worked with. They have a phenomenal coaching staff. The camp was, was uh, really uh, run well. Uh, definitely some of the best kids in the nation there. And, uh, and some inside information said, uh, yeah, the kid looked uh, phenomenal as a young quarterback for the class of 2025. 
uh, there during the camps. But uh, we got that. We got also the, uh, uh, the U.S. Open, the PGA. We'll talk about that. And Fitzpatrick, Matt Fitzpatrick of England, wins the 2022 U.S. Open by one stroke for the first uh, or his first major title. So good stuff there. But uh, let's start with Lars Anderson. I hope you had a great Father's Day. You still playing father today we got the uh the uh daddy daycare in studio with us <laughs> yeah all, all my kids are here uh lincoln seven autumn and farah five and uh we had a, a a terrific terrific weekend together and uh it, it's so funny we went to uh all of our mutual friend uh robbie glenn's house and he has a pool and my kids all the way over there were like we're not going swimming we're not going swimming we're not going swimming you know what happened when they saw that pool matt they were head first, or at least feet first. At least feet first. It was the greatest babysitter of all time. Oh, yeah. All I had to do was just sit on the edge and, and watch. And, uh, and Building and one Robbie. <laughs> It was so much fun. And um, and they wanted, like, Ling is supposed to, he's got a YMCA camp, and, and the girls are still doing some daycare stuff. But it's just one of those days, guys. I, I just want to have them with me. You know, uh, and, uh, and Jay, you're, you allow me to do this, to have them here and Matt too. How, Matt, how was your father's day? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, just a quick story. I was staying up late with Karen a little bit late on Saturday night, 1201. My son calls and says, we're going out right now. Father's day. <laughs> and I did at 1201 uh, at 1201, oh, wow. which was technically father's day. Right. But my daughters are on vacation. I communicated with them. And then my son and I went to our favorite restaurant, Salvatore's, yesterday. So mm. I had a fantastic Father's Day. And I guess as you get older, mm -hmm. um, we probably all think about our own dads more. Yeah. I do. I, I thought a lot about him over the weekend and how much he meant to me in my life. And I, we all, if there's one thing we can all agree on all the time, it's how our fathers influenced our lives. There's no doubt about it. And today's my dad's birthday, actually. Cool. Uh, he, he, normally, a lot of times, Father's Day and his birthday landed on the same day. So he got doubled up the presents. Did he get uh, doubled up or ripped off? He got doubled up. How old, okay. how old would your dad have been today? 79. 79. Yeah. Gosh, he should still be here. Yeah, crazy mm -hmm. how uh died at uh, the age of 51. And uh, as you guys know, I'm approaching 50 coming up here a month away from today, which is crazy, July 20th. Uh, but uh, so we got uh, a lot. Uh, I mean, you're right. The memories, the, uh, the things you think back on, my kids... Good job, Lincoln. I see it. I, my, as a kid, or my kids gave me a great thing that said um, memory, or um, I think it's, so the, the thanks for the memories or something with a, my dad, and somebody put it together. Andrew found it in a house behind Guthrie's mm. that had been, um, that was being torn down. He was working there at the time in college, and he goes, the guy comes across and says, hey, does anybody want this? And he goes, that's my dad, and uh, gets the picture. They took it, redid it, framed it up, and gave it to me for um, Christmas, this past Christmas, so really a really cool thing. But, uh, yeah, you never forget your dad. You never forget the things he taught you, the, the moments you spent together. And, um, yeah, to me, that's awesome. Uh, the little Mac came out at 1201. Yeah, and listen, yeah. I, I'm 64 years old. That's not the yeah. kind of thing. In college, I would have already been out. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> even, even at 40, yeah. I would have already been out. Yeah. But uh, he called. My wife said, you need to go. And so we went and played pool and had a, had a beer. You know? and, then, but, then, and then he drove me home. I love no, I, I I love that so much. Do you, Matt, have a memory that sticks out from when you're raising your kids, uh, a, a good Father's Day memory, or is there one that that really leaps to the forefront? There was a time uh, because I had some properties and investments along the beach. We would go to the beach all the time. We'd spend Christmas there. Mm -hmm. You ever lit a palm tree? Yeah, and put presents under it. We did that Thanksgiving. Wait, but seriously? We, you, yeah, I've never heard of that. 
Yeah. You light a palm tree? Well, you put lights on lights it, just oh. like you would a regular <laughs> oh, yeah, tree. Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't like light it on fire. I thought it was like a beach thing. <laughs> no, I, I didn't work that very oh, I am the most global <laughs> Nebraskan yeah. in the world. They, they, Jay knows but, this. But we no, would, no, they uh, call it a palm tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Amen. But we would spend Father's Day down there. I mean, when you got your kids, a pool, a beach, great restaurants, nice place to stay. Um, I think just kind of in general, that is. What about you? Was it um, yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday? No, we just had, we had such a fun time yesterday. And it was just, you know, I, and I'm old enough now to really savor it. I think that's one of the blessings of being an older dad is you know that these times are, are fleeting. And uh, just to, um, you know, feel the almost like the vibrations of, of every moment. Alex, let's, uh, let's bring you in. Um, what uh, did you uh, do anything with your dad yesterday? Oh, we went and had tzatzikis. Hey, good. that's pretty good. Anytime uh, you spend together, have you? Is there a, a Father's Day memory that sticks out for you? You know, I can't really remember, but there's probably a lot of good ones off the top of my head. Yeah, um, it's just uh, it, it's a special day. Yeah, it's such a special day, and um, you know, just. All that all that really matters is being together, mm-hmm. just just with my kids, and and again having them in here today, and you know Jay, you know what it's all about. Yeah, I think Father's Day actually ranks as holidays like number twentieth uh, in the world. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Christmas. I mean, like we're below Halloween yeah. and stuff. We're below Halloween. We're below Arbor Day. <laughs> whatever Arbor it is. Day. Yeah. We're, we're below trees. trees yeah, <laughs> we're below a lot. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, the first is Christmas, then Mother's Day. Mother's so, Day. You know, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what, though? I have a theory. Who didn't and, and get a I'm, card for Father's Day? Or, uh, this guy right here. <laughs> you need, hey, you got time? I'll get you some crayons. You can make one right <laughs> yes. now. I have a theory on that, and yeah. I, I hope this doesn't sound like male ego. I think it's because we don't ask for it. It's not requested. Right. My, it, it was not. I did not make it a big deal at my house. Mm-hmm. If it's a big deal, it's because somebody else made it. Right. Like Karen. Got me a huge bottle of basil hay, and y'all want to come over after the show? Um, but I thought you brought it with. Ding, ding, ding. I should. Can't you write? Uh, I heard there was a big party Alex, here on Friday. Alex would have ended up driving the show. If yeah. I brought it in there. Driving but, it home. Uh, but but do you do you understand what I mean? Um, I mean, your parents will make you. I mean, your your kids will make you a card at school or whatever. Yeah. But that's about it. That and some underwear and socks. And I'm serious. That's what I want. And a tie. Yeah. And a tie. In a really bad tie. <laughs> a really bad tie. But yeah. I don't get ties anymore because I don't wear them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me neither. But I used to remember my dad would be so excited about underwear and socks, even at Christmas, and I'd go, really? <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I need some new boxers. Yeah, just anything uh, that they're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, my kids got me uh, two golf shirts and a golf hat, so that they, they did a good job. But um, we, had, we had a great time at Top Golf, And, you know, any time, and, and I've told Lars this, these are the, the – the the moments of physical exhaustion when they're this young, mm-hmm. as they get older, you go from uh, the physical exhaustion to the emotional exhaustion of worried about you know the cars and they're driving, they're out with friends. Then you get to the that level of it still is that you're worried about them, but it's a friendship and you. I mean we, the conversations you have once they get into their late uh-huh. teens, and especially when they get in their 20s, can't imagine what it's gonna be like when they're in their 30s, Matt, uh, as you know, and and having grandkids and all that type of stuff. Those, those are precious moments that I'm telling you, if you can survive, Lars, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know, this Matt, period of time. Matt, Matt yeah. just like looking at my kids yeah. here, 
Do you do you remember it. when your kids were yeah, that age? And does it do does it too. seem like yeah. it just went by? And yeah, absolutely. Like a snap of the finger. By the way, I, I will say this: you look yes. remarkably fresh and uh, well kept. You, you look good <laughs> to, to have been. I was able with to that. take a shower. That's about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should see well, my house. You know yeah. that. Hey, it, don't worry. About I've that. been around these three. Yeah, that's an accomplishment. It is. Uh, good. Good for you. Good shower. Well, and it's just like I had that close in age type group too, as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, you relied on like a Lincoln because Lincoln's the oldest. So you're kind of relying on him to kind of lead a little bit and say, hey, okay, sisters, got to do it. But then the sisters want to step in and they're two against one. And you got that whole dynamic going on. So uh, good luck. <laughs> had three different people stop me at Target uh, yesterday saying, are they triplets? Yeah. And uh, they're, they're so pretty. They're so beautiful. And they're blonde. They're all uh, uh, toehead blonde, uh, like their mother. And it's like, yeah, they're great. It's a great snapshot. But if you like dig deeper <laughs> behind the picture, yeah. it's very hard. You yeah. Know that, oh, yeah. Were you blonde? Yeah. As a kid? I was, I was yeah. Because you, you yeah. have light brown hair. Their mother's yeah. extremely, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Strawberry like, blonde. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, y'all are cute kids. Your grandkids and your kids. Yeah. I mean, look just like his kids. It's uh, weird. It's oh, like y'all. Yes. My, no, that, my, it's like y'all related. Grand, yeah, if you no. put Cole in there I know, right now, it'll be yeah. uh, and Ella. Be, and Ella. Do yeah. you think they'll be quintuplets? Quintuplets. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Cool. Anyway. Hey, we got uh, coming up, great show for you. Uh, Tim Brenda's going to join us at 1230. We've got also coming up uh, at 1 o'clock, Mick Gillespie joins us every Monday. Andrew Bones going to update us. We talked about some of the recruiting news out of Alabama. We'll get more from him on that. We hope all of you had a great Father's Day, especially to all of our Folks out there, our producers, and all the people who make this show happen to all of our affiliates as well. Hope everybody had a great weekend. We'll come back. We'll get right into sports and some of the big storylines from the weekend and uh, what's coming up. Stay with us. We'll be back live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9. Where on earth did he come from? Present movies in the park. Take good care of that old yellow dog. It all happens at Government Plaza on Saturday nights for free. So be sure to bring lawn chairs, blankets, coolers, but no alcohol. Food trucks will be on site. All brought to you by Pepsi, Tuscaloosa Tourism and Sports, and First Baptist Church of Tuscaloosa. This Saturday, June 25th, featuring the movie Old Yeller. Try it again, sister. Old Yeller. I'll bust you wide open. For more details and full movie lineups, swipe open the free Tuscaloosa Thread app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another hot one out there across here this afternoon. At least you didn't know as high as it could be. It's going to be changing shortly, however. Partly cloudy this afternoon, tonight, and tomorrow. A hot high of 94 this afternoon. 69 overnight tonight. 95 degrees tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in as we continue live from AVX. And uh, Austin, remind you, can't wait to see the playoffs for the USFL. And uh, the number one seed for that is our USFL Birmingham Stallions. So congratulations to them. And uh, I think that's coming, what, July 25th? I think that's the uh, next Saturday. The date, yeah. So um, It's coming it's Saturday. It's June 25th. I'm sorry. It's July 25th. Then we got the World Games. I know everybody's getting excited about and uh, ready for that as well. We've got uh, Tam Brando's going to join us next segment, so stay tuned for that. A lot to dive in with him. And Mick Gillespie at 1 and Andrew Bohm will be with us at 1.30 today 
on this Monday edition. All right, Matt Fitzpatrick gets it done. 2022 U.S. Open. He gets it done by one stroke for first major title. And um, a playoff was looming, they said, on Sunday in the U.S. Open, just like it always does at the Country Club when Matt Fitzpatrick sized up his shot from a bunker left of the 18th fairway. He had a, a one-shot lead over Will Zalatoria, uh, Zalatoris, excuse me, Masters champion, Scotty Scheffler, and uh, he had a big uh, patch of rough field turf in front of him along with a gaping bunker protecting the green and a flag 156 yards away. Nothing less than a U.S. Open title was on the line on the uh, back uh, nine field with uh, clutch uh, moments as well. Fitzpatrick delivered the biggest of them all, one of the best shots he said he's ever hit uh, on that back nine. So uh, Patrick hit the nine iron that started around the uh, steep lip, uh, squeezed uh, fade, he caught it, uh, carried the front bunker and settled 18 feet away. Set up par for a 268 that made the Englishman a major champion for the first professional win in America and the U.S. Open champion. Matt, I'll, I'll let you kind of do the deep dive analysis here, but uh, I was uh, texting with an ESPN writer who was standing next to Fitzpatrick when he hit that bunker shot on 18. Said it was the, the most clutch shot in yeah. a major he's ever seen, and 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 I don't know much about Fitzpatrick, and this is what the U.S. Open does. It, it sort of brings out uh, um, uh, winners uh, because winners that you haven't heard of before because it requires being hot because the course is so tough. That was my big takeaway, Matt. Again, like the the the, the course setup is so hard and oh, rough, it's so difficult, and I love it. I mean, I. I and and I only heard one complaint. Uh, one of the golfers said, "I wish they wouldn't water during the rounds because it changes the course." Yeah, and 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 I would agree. Um, my my thought about Fitzpatrick, and I am really dating myself. Goes back to 1976. Alabama's Jerry Pate had a five iron mm-hmm. in it. I guess it was in Atlanta, and it was just an impossible shot. I mean, it was eye through the needle. Mm-hmm. He hit it. This guy's wasn't quite that difficult, but it was incredibly close. Yeah, and then I really felt for. Will's out of Taurus. Yeah. You know, he just lost the PGA in a playoff with our own Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you've seen the replays. That ball missed going in the hole oh. by, I don't know, and I'm not exaggerating, an eighth of an inch. Yeah. If it's an eighth of an inch over, it's a playoff. Yeah. And you, one of the things I like about the U.S. Open, I think it's still this. An 18 hole playoff. Yeah. You it play is. the next yeah. day. That's right. Yeah. Which um, I've always liked. I don't think they should all be there, but I thought that that kind of stands out, the U.S. Open. Uh, but well, all in all, it was a really, really great golf, tough golf. And I, I'm not trying to poo poo CBS too terribly much, but boy, it was a breather not to listen to Jim Nance. I'm sorry. Was the, oh, was the one for the ages? <laughs> Matt, was the live tour discussed much? Or yeah, was, that, they had, was that in the background? Uh, no, and I think they did the right thing as far as coverage is concerned. I think Tarico's great, by the way. He would handle yeah, the like stuff Tariko. in studio. Well, he can yeah. do anything. He yeah. so talented. Uh, he reminds me of what guys like Pat Summer on Dick Enberg could do. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. hand him a microphone at a cockroach race, and they're going to be, they'll make it mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's probably not the best example. <laughs> but um, I Have really, you ever seen a cockroach really, race? <laughs> Unfortunately, in some of my college days, yeah. they were regular. That's funny. Uh, but um, I, I really enjoyed that coverage, and I thought Tarico did a great job with the interviews because mm-hmm. he interviewed um, a guy from USGA and another fellow at another time, and uh, they handled it very well. And they didn't, 
they didn't go in there with uh, soft mm-hmm. gloves. I mean, it's not like yeah. they were punching, but they yeah. asked the per- the pertinent question. Jay, we haven't had a chance to get your sort of analysis of what's been going on the last few uh, days with the live tour and yeah. what just your your thoughts on it. Well, I mean, again, it gives opportunities for guys to play. I think it lifts the other guys who are trying to get on the, the PGA Tour the, a chance to play, and it, it gets open spots for them. If the PGA is going to limit uh, the guys not being able to play, um, and it's money. I mean, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, t- to me, it's a little bit hypocritical when I hear these news news or talking heads talking about the fact about whether it being Saudi Arabia, they call it blood money, all that type of stuff. When the NBA is doing the same thing in China. Uh, they're, they're going over to China. They're going across the world. They're playing in all these different areas and leagues. NFL is going over and playing in different, le- in different areas and stuff. This is just another opportunity. And you get guaranteed $150 million to go and just play in the, just to be in the league. There's not many guys with their families are going to turn that down. You know, they're going to look at the, at the, if the thing is okay, what does it represent? Not so much. What does the place, the country, whatever else represent? Uh, there are a lot of guys that come into uh, uh, other areas, but I don't, I don't know. I just right now, unless you can show me anything that's just over the top, why they should not. Um, I, I, to me, I think the PJs should embrace this at some level because if they don't, I think they're going to end up losing more players than gaining players, and and I think the PGA could actually benefit from it as well. Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting yeah. point. And Matt, I wanted to ask you this. You know, we you and I have spent the last few days saying, "Oh, this is horrible for golf. It's going to fracture everything." And, and my kids are just going nuts They're in awesome, the background. Bro. They're all smiling so big. Yeah. Um, is it possible that this could be a good thing for the game of golf? You know, is it? I mean, I, 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 always, try to, I always try to look at things kind of, kind of from the opposite uh, angle. Is it possible that this could be a benefit somehow? It's going to benefit the golfers who who are looking for those spots. It's going to be. It'll benefit golfers in the middle. That's right. If they go, yep. they're going to they will play better and score higher and win more money on live. And the ones trying, but, and the ones, but the ones to get that in. stay yeah. will also benefit because right. there won't be as many. So I, yep. I I think it could benefit the golfer yep. greatly. Yeah. But it, I I have a real hard time. I love what Rory and Justin Thomas have said. I'm disappointed. I'd rather you be here. Right. I'm staying where I am. I, was I really, so, really like. I was that. so pulling for Rory. Oh gosh. Well, he just just didn't get out of there. Did, yeah. You know, if he'd have gotten that Rory McIlroy out of the blocks deal, he'd have probably won by several shots because he can attack mm-hmm. and score on a course like that. I always call him Greg. <laughs> I'm like Greg McRoy. Have job you played today. golf with what, Greg McRoy? Hey, what is, I bet you have. What does Greg? Good. What does Greg think about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He wishes he had that swing, but Greg's really good. Uh, Fitzpatrick, 27 years old, finished six uh, under it with his 274, became the first Englishman since Justin Rose in 2013 to win the U.S. Open, and the youngest player from England to win a major since Tony Jacklin had, uh, did it in 1970 wow. U.S. Open. He felt his yes, time I was, there. was I coming. That. Did you really? All right, so we'll continue live from uh, Daddy Daycare. We'll be back. <laughs> You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. 
Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. It's Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O.
right, welcome back in as we continue on this Monday edition after Father's Day. Hope everybody had a great Father's Day weekend as we talked about earlier, some of our Father's Day adventures. And uh, we got uh, Lars, got his three kids in studio today as well. But let's welcome in special guests each and every week with us, and that is Tim Brando, Timmy B. And uh, Tim, I hope you had a great Father's Day. Thanks for being with us. Oh man, Jay! When you get older, it's just, it's not it's not just Father's Day; it's Grandfather's Day; it's Big Daddy B's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, this is wonderful. And I, 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 I'm like, I'm like, but I really need to watch this shot by Zalatoris on 17. Okay, can we? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What, what's what's your kind of what do you like to do on Father's Day? Like, what's kind of the normal Father's Day tradition? Well, because two of my favorite sporting events that I'm now just a fan of, I, I, I'm not working them, but the U.S. Open, you know, I'm just going to watch as many shots as I possibly can. And the College World Series, you know, I love watching the College World Series. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm DVRing both and going back and forth between them. But, you know, early in the day and before they start, um, a lot of time with the grandkids, I've got two that are, uh, here in, in Shreveport that are just uh, less than a mile away. And I've got two more that are in Jackson, Mississippi. And, um, you know, you congregate with all of them at some point. And uh, the combination of that and a, a little uh, cookout, you know, on the pool deck in the back uh, makes for a, a very festive day. But I am, I, I, I will always apologize to them saying, okay, look, I know I've got it on DDR, but I'd really like to see this shot live. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it consists of for me. <laughs> hey, give me your thoughts. Uh, a, a deeper dive on Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, an Irish guy. Um, I think kind of probably under the wing or of, uh, of McElroy. Um, but that nine iron, hi, how iconic is the nine iron heat? I'll beat around and get to a question here oh in a minute, Timmy, okay? The nine iron, I equated it to the five iron that Jerry Pate hit at the Open in 76. Yeah, it's, it's in there, or the, uh, or, the, or the five wood that Corey Pavin hit uh, in 95, I believe it was, uh, which had to be just perfect. You know, for him to salt the the U.S. Open away, if you go back that far, and I do clearly, um, the Jack Nicklaus uh, one iron in '72. Uh, you know that he almost you know hold out at Pebble. Um, I, you know th- those are all shots that will will forever be remembered. And and this one because it was a bunker, and that's, I think the other reason why it resonates, Matt, is because the day before on the 54th hole, John Rahm has a two-shot lead, and he leaves it in that bunker. It was the same bunker, yeah. and he left his in there. And he would have had a, um, he would have had a, a, a two-shot lead, uh, and he lost that lead because of that. Uh, and John Rahm was the defending champion. So, and, and really does crush the ball and is, is, is a bomber. You know, Matthew Fitzpatrick has gained probably 20 yards off his tee shot in, in the last four or five months. He's really worked hard on that. You know, he's not considered a bomber by any stretch, but this was a golf course. Uh, Brookline is not long. You know, it's a shot maker's golf course. So, and when we say shot maker's golf course, I, I think 
non-golfers don't understand what I'm talking about. You know, a ball striker that hits it straight is great. No, I mean, that's, that, that really helps, especially on, you know, uh, golf courses that, um, that are tight, that are considered very tight. This one, this is a golf course that has a lot of, of dog legs in it. It's not particularly long, but you got to be able to work the ball left to right or right to left. Okay. And so that, when we say shot makers, we're talking about guys that can move the ball in both directions. And Fitzpatrick is capable of doing that. And, um, but when he went into the bunker with that driver and Zalatoris was sitting in great shape, I'm sure Will Zalatoris, he actually said it in his post game, uh, presser. He said, you know, I, I looked at it. I, I thought he was in real trouble here. So he's thinking, if I get on the green and two putt, I'm going to be in a playoff. So for him to put the ball not only on the green anywhere, but on the green in a position where he could make a birdie putt himself was really special. And he had some breaks. You know, all all winners of major tournaments have to have some breaks. He sprayed a shot. Uh, you know, he sprayed a shot off the tee on 15, but he got it into an area where m- much of the gallery had been, and he had a, you know, he had a great uh, lie, and he was able to make a birdie there. You know, so. That's another shot that people are overlooking because of the iconic nature of the nine iron, you know, on the 72nd hole. Tim, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, switching topics here, NBA. Uh, Golden State gets it done in six. Uh, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a seven-game series. Your thoughts on uh, just uh, Golden State and the legacy now of uh, the, the triumvirate uh, at Golden State of uh, Steph and, and, and Draymond and Clay. Yeah, well, they're, they're incredible. They're, they're a tremendous threesome. I think that uh, history will be kinder to Draymond over time because he's a player that is not particularly well-liked outside the Golden State area. But if you know... Uh, Draymond Green, and I do. I, co- I covered him uh, a lot of his uh, trips to Final Fours with Tom Izzo. Uh, he's a glue guy, but he's also a guy that you love to have as a teammate and other teams can't stand playing against. Every every team has guys like that. Draymond is sort of the modern-day Barkley, really. You know, the, the people felt the same way about Charles uh, when he was in his prime, whether he was playing for Philadelphia uh, or for Phoenix when they when they made that run uh, against Jordan and he was the MVP. Uh, I, I, but I will say this as it relates to legacy about the game, because it has to be mentioned. Uh, much of the media just won't deal with it, but it's true. These these uh, these NBA playoffs were the least watched in the modern era of uh, of the NBA, going all the way back really to the I want to say it was the Cavaliers. And Spurs and San Antonio, because of the marketplace, it's always been, you know, that Tim Duncan team was so great and yet didn't get nearly the, the run nationally that it deserved because it was a small market team. And um, beyond Duncan, not many people knew much about it. And Tim Duncan was a humble guy that really didn't seek a lot of press attention. What's happened to the NBA, unfortunately, it's not Steph's fault. You know, Steph Curry is an incredible player. I don't know that we've ever seen a better pure shooter from deep in the history of the league. And Steph Curry is a great role model for the league, no doubt, just as Tim Duncan was. But the problem here uh, for the league is that everyone now is playing like they have a Steph Curry, and they don't. 
the game has become uh, homogenized in the sense that we're not seeing physical play. We're not seeing teams with contrasting styles. No one plays through the post anymore. And, and the defense is just um, non-existent around the goal. Now, what happened to Boston, they would, there would have been a seventh game, Lars, if they had found a way to make a shot uh, in game five. When Curry goes over from three and you can't score more than 75 points, that's not good, and it's not entertaining basketball to watch. That's one of the reasons why the ratings are caving. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily um, a political issue, like some uh, in the media would suggest. I think it's more of, of um, the, the game itself has become relatively boring to watch. Every, you know, you see a three-on-one uh, drive, and instead of getting to the, to the 10, you're seeing guys throw it out to the three-point line and someone throw up a brick. That's not good basketball to watch. And um, so as good as Steph has been for Golden State, I think in some respects the analytics that have come, the generation of analytics that have come from the way Golden State plays has been really bad for the NBA. We're talking with Tim Brando, and uh, on a number of topics, let's switch shift to the NFL. I saw a comment, uh, and I saw Mahomes kind of uh, reacted to it, but uh, that uh, Tyreek Hill said that uh, he, he was uh, working with the Dolphins quarterback to a tight level and is uh, that he's more accurate than uh, than Mahomes. And he said that on a podcast. I don't know if that was a way to try to get more viewership and more listenership on the podcast, but uh, Mahomes came out. I thought he handled it pretty well, some of the comments he's made since then. Yeah, well, right. Well, you know, Patrick, I think, understands that. And I, I don't think Tyreek spoke out of turn. I mean, I really don't. I think Mahomes makes more plays. Because of his abilities, uh, Jay, to throw the ball on the run and to sidearm it when he needs to, you know, the, the people have talked about his baseball background and his dad, you know, being a baseball player. You know, I covered Patrick when he was at Texas Tech a lot, and he had to run for his life too quite a bit because his offensive line uh, wasn't very good. You know, there's a reason why uh, he struggled to have winning. Uh, teams and Cliff Kingsbury had to have winning teams. They had to score 50 to win in those days uh, at Texas Tech. Uh, listen, you're talking about two completely different backgrounds uh, as a Tim, quarterback. Tim, did you uh, have Joe, any sense? For the most you, part, you, was well, sorry, he was well. He was well handled. You know, he had a good offensive line. Tim, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Um, when you saw him play at Texas Tech, and I know you, you covered it closely, and I'm sure you had the the Friday sit downs with him and and, and the mm-hmm. coach coaches. Yeah did you did you have an inclination that he was going to be this good in the NFL? Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, yes, yes, yes. absolutely, yeah. You know, Spencer and I would look at each other and marvel at uh, my God. Can, can you imagine what this guy's going to do at the next level? when he finally had some protection, okay? Uh, he had good receivers at Texas Tech. You know, Cliff Kingsbury did recruit really well in that area, but they never had an offensive line, and the offensive line was generally going to be their best players were going to be junior college transfers, okay? They weren't guys that they were recruiting. You know, all the great offensive linemen during that period, you know, in that state were either going to A&M uh, or Texas, or or maybe even Kansas State, you know, who has a great reputation for developing offensive linemen. Uh, Coach Snyder during his uh, great run there in Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely thought that he would be that good. And um, 
I still think his best days are ahead of him. He he really was ahead of the curve to get where he got as quickly as he did, and and that's a credit to the Kansas City organization. You know, building uh, the, you know the the organization around him and his talents. Tim, on to College World Series, which is another reason that you wanted to talk about another topic. Um, is Auburn in, at the brink yeah. of disaster here? Because once you get into the once you get in that loser bracket, it is just dang near impossible to get back. And where do you see Arkansas and Ole Miss going since they play each other? The winner of this game, in my opinion, tonight is going to win it all. I think the winner of the Ole Miss Arkansas game wins the whole thing. Uh, and you know, they got the freshman lefty going Ole Miss and, and he was untouchable in his last outing. Uh, Delugia was the same thing with him. I mean, think about this, Matt, that, that Ole Miss program now has gone three consecutive games. They've won six in a row in the postseason, but in their last three games, their pitching staff has given up one run, one run. (laughs) This is college baseball. We're talking about. Okay. That's an aluminum Uh, bat. Yeah. I mean, that's. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> so that's pretty incredible. You know, college b- baseball is different. You know, I was on here, uh, what was it, two weeks ago or maybe a week ago talking about, um, and I realized a lot of fans didn't like the way Tennessee carried themselves and, and thought that Tony was um, a little over the top as a, as a field manager and, and coach, and they did have a dominating year. But I thought that the reaction to their loss to Notre Dame was a bit over the top because baseball is a funny game, just like golf is a funny game. You can be, you can have the best players, but that doesn't mean you're going to win. Okay, it's a mental game, and the ball is going to bounce a certain way, uh, and and bats aren't always going to stay hot. Okay, and and what's happened with Ole Miss is this was a team people have conveniently forgotten that they were uh, number one in the country in the, when the season opened. And, and they got out to a 7-14 and 14 start, and everybody in, in Oxford was ready to run Bianco out. Well, look how this team has responded. And I think they won, they won seven of their last nine to just barely get in the tournament. And then now they've taken off, and they're playing the way everyone thought they would play. And they got some guys back from injury. You know, Graham was out. A guy that missed two months for them. He's probably their most consistent hitter. So, but for Auburn, let me tell you, that big kid can get on track. You know, he got him in there. You know, he 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 looks like the Bambino swinging from the right side. If he can if he can mash one, and and they can get a good start, I think Auburn can fight their way through and be representative again. No one wants to go there and lose the first two games and go home. No, nobody wants to do that. And and I think Auburn's good enough to find its way out of it. But yes, when you lose that first game, it's really really hard uh, to come out of that bracket. But but at this stage, you just want to extend your stay. You know, you you adjust your 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 goals when you lose that first game. You're like, please God, don't let us go zero and two and go home. You know, you want to get your W there while you're there. Yeah, the big boy first base. He's a Hoover product. Yeah, Sunny yeah. D. Sunny D. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> Tim. Thanks so much, my man. Always great to have you on. I hope you had a great Father's Day. I did, thanks, and it's a great. Uh, it's a great time of year, Jay. You guys all have a great one, and I'll talk to you next. All right, man. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Tim Brando joining us right here on the Jay Barker Show. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, and the kiddos as well. And uh, we got one with a mask on right now. Looks like she's about to go rob a bank <laughs> with a plastic gun. Uh, the future is bright for it this is. one. <laughs> we'll be back live from AVX. Stay with us.
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. One. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another hot one out there across here. In at least the wind is not as high as it could be. That's going to be changing shortly, however. Partly cloudy this afternoon, tonight, and tomorrow. A hot high of 94 this afternoon. 69 overnight tonight, 95 degrees tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A reminder that uh, we got uh, coming up at one o'clock. Uh, we got Mick Gillespie going to join us. Andrew Bone will be with us at one thirty. We'll start recruiting with him and some big recruiting news coming out of Tuscaloosa. And also just had Tim Brando on talking uh, about a number of things from NFL, NBA to uh, Major League Baseball, college baseball, all that good stuff. But um, always great to have Tim on. Matt, you're our resident baseball expert. Uh, give us your like. Your, your breakdown of where the College World Series stands and also an update on your Braves. Uh, the Braves kind of hit the skids. Uh, after 14 in a row, they had a day off, and I, I promise I went, oh, that's not good. I know they needed it. They wanted it. They were undefeated in June, which was fabulous. But, um, you know, the Cubs took care of them a couple of times. Braves been hitting great. Didn't happen. So they lost a couple, but they came back yesterday, won 6 nothing. Ian Anderson was fabulous on the bump. Um, but as far as the college baseball World Series, uh, hands up. None of us have been, have we? I have not. And and he's yeah. from Nebraska. That's not a criticism. It's just. No, I mean, I, I've been I in would... attendance. But, oh, yeah. oh, you have Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, we went as a child. Yeah. Or, um, well, let me just throw it back to you. Even as a child, and, and you weren't a huge baseball guy. Was it just fabulous? I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, would think it's I mean, bucket list stuff for Matt. Yes, yeah, it, it, it would be. Uh, it is because Omaha, uh, they embrace it, and, and they have worked really hard as the camera falls uh, from my kids hitting it. Uh, they Omaha, they, they're, they're proud that they host it, and the fans turn out, whether or not it's uh, Ole Miss or Texas, uh, they'll come. And it's just a, it's a, it's a special atmosphere. It's electric. Um, but you, you uh, it, we were talking in the break, Matt, and you think tonight is the key game in well, this whole thing. Brando said it too. Uh, first of all, you got two teams from the SEC. Okay, they're the baddest, you know, in, in the land, um, and they're both playing great. Uh, both. Coming out of regionals, where they, and you know it's going to be the little piggies or rebels because once you have that one loss, it's very very difficult. You run out of pitchers, you run out of steam because it's so dang hot, and then yeah, so it's like 103 degrees in Omaha it, did you right just now. Check? Yeah, um, and, and and but if it's a like a one game elimination kind yeah, of thing, like, I mean, like it, what's it, Auburn's in today? Yeah, so Start. so. You're a manager. How do you approach that? How does your uh, uh, philosophy change from if it's like you know uh, a midseason game? I hate to keep stealing from Brando, but he makes great points. You've got to focus on every out, every strike. You cannot think about who you're going to play next. 
you really can't think about the next inning. And as a manager, you need to manage like that. So you, you use need, all your assets. You use every – I mean, the last thing you want to do, like Brando said, is go home after two. So you may do. You may use some strategy in the middle of the game. You may bunt a guy over that you normally wouldn't do in that situation. Um, and, and, and you may bring in a starter that might have pitched a couple of innings just the other day just for the hope to get that one out with the bases loaded. So hmm. um, you throw everything you possibly can out. All right, uh, a lot uh, more we'll get into as far as Major League Baseball. Also, again, coming up uh, at 1 o'clock, we've got Mick Gillespie going to be joining us, and he'll be talking Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll get his take on baseball, Jay, too. Jay, real quick, is it, is it similar like in a, a, a national championship game slash a playoff game in the NFL mm-hmm. where coaching just is totally different because it's a win or go home situation? It's Well, you try not to be that way because you try to keep it consistent. And, and because if they see that a coach is out of – his norm and he's not kind of following the game plan of the process i think that psychologically gets to, uh, them thinking okay our, our plan's not working so you, you just adjust as you can and you adjust in the way that's the best way to keep guys focused in on you know kind of what, what you came in with what you know the tendencies of a particular team um but yeah i mean i mean that's it, it, sports and it's all about adjustments right and how do you adjust within your system uh, if you start trying to recreate or do things differently that you haven't worked on and haven't really spent time talking about, then you're getting outside of your philosophy. Whenever and I see a team do a trick go. play, like on the first yeah. play of the game, I'm like, they're in trouble. Well, especially <laughs> on the first play. Yeah. Unless they practice it a ton. I mean, you know, that may be something they've worked on and worked on and worked on and said, okay, we're going to we're gonna run it this, at this moment. We think this is the best time a to do it. A question you've never yeah. heard. God, remember all those trick plays Stallings ran? <laughs> Wait, we had a few, actually. All right, so we'll be back. I want to hear him. Hour number two coming up next. Mick Gillespie, uh, my famous side, coming up on the other side. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner. You'll find all that at La Paz. Crestline and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome back in as we continue our number two and uh, get a little feedback there from, uh, I'm not sure what I'm getting. Do y'all hear that? Matt Coulter? Yeah, I think Matt heard it as well. All right, uh, there you go. I think it's back uh, normal, and uh, we're live from AVX. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. I was out there yesterday, last night, with the kids and had an absolute blast from around 8 till 10 o'clock. It was cooled off, got down to about mid-70s, but uh, what a great place to go. We call it the bowling of this generation. You'll love Top Golf. Get out today. Also, we're driven by Sunny King Ford. On the sunny side of the street, go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, uh, we got Guthrie's on the way, so the kiddos are happy about that. And uh, I know the, the uh, we got one on a headset ready to talk here in just a few minutes. But let's get to Mick Gillespie, who joins us. First of all, happy Father's Day weekend to you. Thanks for being with us as Mick joins us from Bama Insider. Mick, how are you? Doing great, man. How about you? Uh, good, you have a good Father's Day? Man, I did. I think all of us did. And uh, Matt started his early. He, at 12.01, his son called him and said, let's go out. And uh, Matt <laughs> went back to his college days and said, hey, let's I do did. it. I did. It was wonderful. By the way, he's 27. It's not like my 16-year-old right, right, called me up. Right. I want to make sure everybody knows that. <laughs> right, right, awesome. right. What did you yeah, do for Father's Day? Yeah, that's the way to do it. Uh, well, you know what? Did some baseball on the radio and then hung out with the family. Uh, spent some time at the beach. It was a great. It, it was a great weekend. It was really hot down south. Uh, in L.A., but, uh, you know, we survived. So. <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. So I, I guess, uh, you know, you look at, um, first of all, um, you know, you look as far as just let's talk Alabama. Um, we're going to talk recruiting with Andrew a little bit later on. They get a commitment from a quarterback for 2025, so we'll talk about that with him. But just right now, uh, kind of where Alabama's at, we were looking at some of the recruiting stuff that Notre Dame's at one. I think Alabama was at five, I think it was, listing there. And uh, we've got four recruits that have come in, but they've got a lot of really great uh, recruits that have come over the last uh, few weeks. But Arch Manning definitely is the one that everybody's kind of paying attention to. And uh, I, from from what I'm hearing, I, I'm not saying George is out of it, but it seems like it's between Texas and Alabama. just want to get your thoughts on it. Look, I'm still going to be shocked if he doesn't go to Texas. But I think it would be a just a huge win for Alabama if they could put uh, a Manning in an Alabama uniform. I mean, that would just be crazy, right? I mean, I think Ole Miss, you know, and I think Tennessee, and they're both big rivals of Alabama. But if if I was, uh, you know, his dad, if I was his grandfather, I would want him to play at Alabama where you know you're going to be protected by the offensive line. You're going to have great running backs. You're going to work with NFL coordinators. Uh, I don't know what the NIL situation is for Alabama, but, you know, the rumors have been out there, and, and we've talked about it before. I've heard from some good sources that there's a huge payoff if he goes to Texas, and that would be hard for me personally to turn down. But, 
you know, maybe it's not the right place, even though the money's great. Alabama would be a great place for him. And if there's any coach that could pull this off, it would be Nick Saban. Although I still think Alabama, uh, I, I just think there are, I think everybody but Texas is a long shot, to be honest with you. Mick, uh, last week when uh, Matt and I were talking to you, you, you said something that caused Matt and I to look at each other like, oh my gosh. And that was, uh, you know, according to your sources, there's a $13 million, $14 million NIL deal, perhaps awaiting uh, Arch Manning at Texas. Can you give us any more information on that from what you have uh, gleaned over the last week? Yeah, no, this was from, I mean, like a few months ago, but that's what I was told. It was like $15 million, 14 or $15 million. So, you know what, like, is that true or not? I don't know, but it would make a lot of sense to me because why else would Texas be at the top of the list, right? And, I mean, mm. he's worth it. I mean, look, if you're, if you're doing NIL deals based off of recruiting, this is the biggest recruit that's come down the pike in a long time, you know? He's a Manning, and their track record is that they're damn good quarterbacks, you know, and, and when you're trying to build a, a program, I mean, look at Tennessee. Remember when Peyton Manning went to Tennessee? They were kind of, you know, they had Heath Scholler was in there. They had some guys, but they weren't really a national contender, and then all of a sudden he got there, and although he wasn't the quarterback that won the national championship, He's the guy that everyone wanted to play with that led them to winning their title. And so mm-hmm. it, Eli Manning, when he was at Ole Miss, was electric, was amazing. You know, and I just think that, like, if you were going to invest heavily in one player, it would make sense to me. So I wasn't shocked when I was told that, uh, but I, I definitely believe it. Hey, let's jump to uh... – College Baseball World Series, I know you're keeping up. Um, who you like is, uh, we we're talking with Brando, and I agree with him. We'll see if uh, the Mixter does. The uh, Ole Miss-Arkansas winner, probably very much in the driver's seat, although OU is still around. Yeah, remember, we talked about this in the Super Regionals, and I, I just said I felt like Arkansas was one of my teams to watch out for if it wasn't Tennessee, right? And I feel like the reason why is that they went into last year's postseason with by far the best team. And they won the SEC, and they won the SEC tournament, and they were a great team, and then they had some injuries, and they fell apart. And I'm sure that that was really difficult for them to deal with. This year, you know, they had a really good season and then kind of fell off at the end. The expectations weren't very high. You know, no one's thinking World Series. And all of a sudden, they just won every game they played pretty much. I mean, they've been great, and they've had, they've had a tough road. Uh, so I really like them. Uh, and you're right. Look, the winner of that game has a great shot, Ole Miss. Uh, they were number one, got blasted by Tennessee during the regular season. You know, kind of Jekyll and Hyde. I didn't even think they were going to make the tournament, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I mean, look, they had the sweep against LSU, but then one and done in the tournament, in the SEC tournament, and they get in. And, and it's like they've got a second life. So it's, this is a fun year to watch because without Tennessee in the tournament, there's really not a 
you know, like when Vanderbilt won the World Series. You know, like you just looked at them and you're like, okay, they've beaten everybody all year long. And then they went in there and they beat everyone there too. You know, there's there's not that that club to me that I look at and go, okay, this is the team to beat. I think they're all pretty equal, and uh, I hope it's an SEC team. I, I w- honestly, guys, I would love to see two SEC teams play each other in the uh, in the final. Jealous. I, I guess I I love that when it happens. So even if that was Auburn, but I, I, I Arkansas is the team I'm keeping an eye on. <laughs> That would be amazing to have football and baseball uh, championships, all SEC. Love it. Great. I'd love it. What uh, when you look at Alabama baseball right now, just based on not making the tournament and and not you know, but being there and having you know a shot, some thought that they got left out. We talked about that, but just kind of give the audience kind of your take on where Alabama baseball is right now and where where do you think they'll be next year and how how they'll compete and hopefully get to Omaha soon. Well, I, I see where some of their best players are transferring out, and then they're getting some guys to transfer in. I think they're going to have to pound the transfer portal. Um, they have a great they have great facilities. You know, they have a good head coach who knows pitching, um, and I, that's something that Alabama lacked for years was just having like a legitimate like pitching coach. You know, um, but it worries me when I see guys transferring. I know that's kind of part of it right now. Um, and I, and I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, if, if you're in that spot now, you know, you've got to go find guys that can come in, transfer and play immediately. Um, because the SEC is so tough, but with that said, and, and, you know, trying to share less than 12 scholarships, which is absolutely ridiculous and unfair when you look at what some of the other schools have with their lottery scholarships, where everyone is pretty much on a scholarship. Um, but Auburn's proved that they, you can do it. I mean, they're back in the World Series again. What is this, two out of three? You know, like, they're in the same boat that Alabama's in. So you hope that that's the direction that the, the program's moving. But I, I, I like the, the coaching staff. I think that they're, it's the right coaching staff. Um, I, I just, and the facilities are fantastic. I just think that they, they've got to figure out a way to, uh, to kind of flip the transfer portal and, and, and bring in players that maybe come from smaller schools, but can come in there and make a, make a difference. I got a buddy who, who is, um, who, who runs one of the summer wood bat leagues, college summer wood bat league. Um, and, and, you know, basically he oversees the talent and he was telling me, which is just basically college players. He was telling me that like half the leagues in the transfer court. So I think that there are, is a lot of talent out there that you can bring in you just got to know where to go get it, and, and you got to have the ability to scout and, and be connected. When Jim Wells was head coach at Alabama, one of the secrets to his success was that he was networked with a lot of the pro scouts. Uh, there was a guy named uh, Jim Jim Crawford, and, and for any of you guys that knew Crawdaddy, uh, the late great Crawdaddy, he was a Cub scout even before I was part of the Cubs. I just I've actually you know <laughs> knew him before I was with the Cubs, you know and. Uh, and he was kind of a grizzled old vet, loved Alabama, but he was a uh, worked with Eddie Stanky down in uh, South Alabama for years as an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell it like it is type of guy. And and over the years, I got to know him, and basically he would say, you know, hey, Jim knew the scouts, people like me, and we'd say, hey, you know what, there's a guy that's maybe got to put on a few pounds, or, you know, he's not going to sign, he's not going to be drafted early enough, 
or maybe, you know, for whatever reason, he's not going to get drafted, but he's really good, and you ought to check him out. And, and, and Jim was networked like that, you know, and then he would bring in guys like that. And, and all it did was, you know, get Alabama to the World Series and compete every year for an SEC championship. You know, the toughest part about Alabama baseball right now is they've become one of the teams at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, like, every year, instead of fighting to win the SEC, they're fighting to make the SEC tournament. But the good news is, is the, the conference is so tough that, you know, you, you saw it with Tennessee. They were kind of in the same boat uh, when Tony Vitello took over. And now they're on the other end of things. So it can happen, and it can happen fast. But, it, but in college sports, it, especially baseball, it's going to come down to pitching. And it's going to come down to how you go out and, and recruit, you know. So I think for Alabama, with the fact that they're limited on scholarships, they're going to have to start winning in the transfer portal. All right, Mick, we're going to hold you over one more segment and uh, yeah. look forward to it. Mick Gillespie, Bama Insider, and uh, and uh, he joins us each and every Monday and uh, throughout the week as well. Don't forget, we got Andrew Bowen coming up at one thirty, where we'll get an update on recruiting from him. And a lot of recruits in over the last couple of weeks with all the camps going on. So stay tuned for that as well. Stay with us. We're live from AVX Monday edition after Father's Day. Hope everybody had a great Father's Day this past weekend. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another hot one out there across here. Exactly. At least you know it's not as high as it could be. That's going to be changing shortly, however. Partly cloudy this afternoon, tonight, and tomorrow. A hot high of 94 this afternoon. 69 overnight tonight. 95 degrees tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hour number two, Mick Gillespie with us from Bama Insider. We got uh, also coming up from Bama Insider and recruiting analyst for the Crimson Tide, and uh, that is Andrew Bone. We'll have him up coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. But uh, let's welcome Mick Gillespie back on. And Lars, know you had a question for him. Yeah, Mick, uh, we are we're watching Auburn Stanford right now. Uh, it's in the bottom of the first. Auburn did not score in the top of the first. You have traveled all around the country calling different uh, games. And so you've been to so many different minor league stadiums and, and major league stadiums. I've, I've always wanted to ask you, what in your mind constitutes a good stadium? Like, what, what, what characteristics do you like? And, and does um, uh, our, our stadium here in Birmingham uh, fulfill those? Yeah, look, I mean, first off, it's sight lines, you know, like, you know, one of the cool things about modern stadiums is that you can be in the concession line and look down and see the field, right? Uh, I thought they did a fantastic job when they built Regions Field. I really like it there. It's it's big, but, you know, Birmingham's a big city. They got, they got the steel. I like to have, like, 
the, the fact that they took some of what we loved about Rickwood and they put it into the new stadium. So uh, sight lines are, are, are part of it for me. I love having like a view outside of, you know, like, like in Hoover. I was never a fan of the Hoover Met. And partly because it, it just kind of sits in a, you know, in like a field somewhere, you know, I and mean, then there's trees back there. You know, I love the fact that the stadium in Birmingham has the, you know, the downtown. Uh, it gives it kind of like an ambiance. But yeah, I have been all over the place and looked at baseball stadiums. One of the things that I really love, though, about stadiums is history. And I guess that's just, you know, me being me, you know, being a history guy and a, and a history minor at Alabama. Uh, the stadium in Montgomery is my favorite minor league park. And the reason why is that it was a Confederate prison, that same, you know, spot, right? And it, and it was a train station. It was a whistle stop. And then they, you know, they, they took, like, the building and the whistle stop, and they built it into the ballpark. And there's a train out that, that drives back and forth outside of the left field wall. And then the Alabama River is there, you know. So I, I love that kind of stuff. You know, I'm going to uh, Wrigley uh, here this week, you know. I, I, I like mm-hmm. the fact that when I go to Wrigley, I, I think about Babe Ruth's called shot, you know, the history that that stadium has had uh, over 100 years. Rickwood, I'd put Rickwood in that same boat, you know. There's, you walk out there and you can just feel the ghost of the stadium. So um, the 80s, you know, remember in the 80s, we, they started making these awful, like, cookie-cutter ballparks. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden yes. Camden Yards came along and now the stadiums are really cool again. You know, it, it's being able to incorporate what makes your city cool and, and unique into the ballpark design. I think those are the things that I look for. And Montreal is like concrete galore. Oh, I've never seen the Expos. Oh, my gosh. I think that was originally an Olympic state, or Olympic something. venue, yeah. and it was bad all the way That's around. Camden Yards changed everything, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Golly. When it comes Bo- to, like, stadium Bo- design. Bo- Bo- barbecue and right field. Yeah. I mean, good. Yeah. Cor- and what better Major League Baseball player other than the future of uh, Sonny D? Mm-hmm. He could have his own barbecue somewhere, right. couldn't he? Yeah. But I uh, always <laughs> thought that was great with Boo. Or Arcee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he's kind of he's kind of in I feel set up. That's, that's yeah. Dale Junior's favorite uh, pop. Well, one of the great things about minor league baseball, and you've been fortunate enough to have gone a lot of parks, so you've also probably seen a lot of promotions. And I love these guys that go build Vec on us and get real, real creative. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out there at you, and I want you to throw several back. I can't remember. I think it was somewhere in South Carolina. They had a vasectomy night. I'm not kidding. Yeah. What? No, no. Yes. I, I, they gave they, they discounts, and it was it was on Father's Day or the day after it or something. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, look, there was one that they did where if you got a tattoo of the team's logo, and I met the guy that got yeah. one of the tattoos, and he showed me the tattoo, and this was years ago. Uh, they, they, they did one where... I think we lost you. Oh, we're losing at a, a very bit. inopportune time. So, what? What is the Matt? What's the greatest the ballpark promotion? Oh, we, uh, maybe he's back. I got one for you. But we're, we're, yeah, with the vasectomy one, it's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> there was another Another one that did augmentation. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, See, I, I thought you were going like down the road of uh, you know dime beer night. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, <laughs> was it the, the, the riot? The riot. Well, that was Steve Dahl and uh, the radio station yeah. in Chicago. That. Um, and, there and then was, there was another one that they did dime beer. I think was it in Cleveland or Chicago they that had, they got? They had to actually Cleveland. call the game. Stop the game. Yeah, it was yeah Cleveland, Cleveland against the Rangers. Uh, and what happened was those two teams had like this really bad, vicious rivalry between each other, and they and they had the, the dime beer night, and that people were drinking so much beer that like there weren't enough people to serve it. So the fans just started serving themselves, and then. The teams almost got into it, and then the fans started throwing stuff and running on the field, and the game got called, and it was a forfeit. Yeah, that's that's one of the craziest things to ever to ever happen. I mean, that's why you can't just you know give beer away for ten seconds. They they needed to do it for the first two beers, and then and then kind of call it quits after that. Yeah. I like to try and traffic cop that. Uh, <laughs> what was the one they did? It wasn't a baseball game, but it was at it was um, that uh, Doug Layton and them did. What did Doug Layton that had the? Uh, oh, they, now they blew up Beatles albums. Beatles albums, and that was that was that at a game or that just no? Down at they just did it downtown Birmingham oh, somewhere downtown Birmingham. when okay, um, was, when it was when uh, Lennon was kind of misquoted in saying we're bigger than Jesus Christ. Right. Well, the fact of the matter is, from a public standpoint. They were, but it was a different time. Right. Uh, Leighton and uh, who was it? Dearman. When John Ed? John Ed. They, they just went and burned yeah. Beatles record. <laughs> Stanford up 1 0 on Auburn. Five. They just got uh, yard. No, base hit. I just wonder how much the vasectomy thing, how, how that went over. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll, I'll give you more information here in a minute. I'm sure many, many guys that want to be promoted on what's that. A, night. Well, it, maybe it had to be. To have a vasectomy. Uh, it's Is it like. Uh, during March Madness. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You get a it. bag of black eyed peas and your TV set. <laughs> hey, Mick. Always great to have you on, my man. Mick, that's great stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, guys. Awesome talking and uh, yeah, have a great week. Have fun in LA. We'll, we'll be down soon. We'll do it. All right, brother. All Take right, care. Okay. Thank you. Mick Gillespie, yeah. Bama Insider, joining us. Andrew Bone coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC. Letter O. Andrew Bone is up and uh, ready to go. Andrew, the letter J Bone, is his uh, Twitter handle. That's at Andrew, the letter J Bone. And uh, with Rivals and uh, Network. And uh, always great to have him with Bam Insider as well. And a lot of great shows throughout the week. Updating you on all things recruiting. The Crimson Tide. And they've had their camps. A lot of recruits in. Official visits. We saw a recruit get an offer for 2025 as well as a quarterback. But uh, we want to get his update on all things Crimson Tide. First of all, Happy Father's Day. First Father's Day, right? First Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you guys as well. I hope you guys had a had a good one. And, uh, yeah, I certainly had a good one. 
That's, That's cool. awesome, man. Awesome. All right, uh, any, anything special you did for Father's Day? I mean, is there a tradition in the family? And I know this is the first one for you, but uh, just any, anything that you guys do pretty much every year? Well, I wrote about six uh, recruiting articles yesterday, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it was kind of a work. Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, my wife was like, well, what do you want to do for Father's Day? I said, well, Alabama had official visitors on campus. They had an O-line, D-line camp on Saturday. They had a seven-on-seven tournament. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got to work for a little bit uh, before we can do much. But, uh, but yeah, we worked a little bit in the morning. But, you know, had, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have been over to uh, Martin's Barbecue, but had some uh, had some great barbecue from Martin's for lunch, and then uh, then so had a good. chance to go over to my father in law's house and uh, hang out in his pool for a little bit in the afternoon. You guys uh, have met my father in law before, so um, mm. so we had a, we had a good time yesterday. So before we dig deep into uh, recruiting analysis, uh, my daughter Farah, my, my all my kids are in here today. And she wanted to know what's the best part of your job and what's the worst part of your job. <laughs> the best part of my job, yeah, I think you know, for yeah, from my perspective, as far as the best part of my job, yeah, I think it's you know watching kids develop. You get a chance to see these kids in high school, but you know how good are they going to be? You know, three and four years down the road, and that's what we're trying to project. So. When we say a kid's going to be a an elite football player, at the you know we can easily say that in in high school. Oh yeah, this kid's really good. But how good are they going to be three four years down the road? And when we see that kind of come to fruition, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the the special part of my job because you know, we rank that kid as a five star recruit and he lived up to it every step of the of the way. I think you know as far as the worst part of my job. Um, you know, over the years, there have been so many different people who have gotten into this industry, whether you work for a big network or if you're, you know, at a newspaper or you're at a, um, um, uh, you know, just a, you're just doing a blog or you may do something on Instagram. You've got so many different people who are reaching out to, you know, every single kid trying to get an interview with them as soon as they step foot on campus. So they may have, you know, 15 reporters trying to interview them, whereas back in the day there may have only been two of us that were trying to get in touch with guys so it's a little bit more challenging to get in touch with recruits these days because so many of them are just getting blown up non-stop by reporters by coaches by um friends in their community who want to know where they're going to school um and i think that that's just kind of the challenging part um about the job is just getting in touch with uh you know kids and you know getting their story out there you know most of the time we know what's going on but you still want to hear from the kid and uh i think that's probably the uh the most challenging part of it but the best part is certainly uh you know watching and seeing how these kids uh do once they get to college and um and seeing if they end up being a first round draft pick andrew bone from bam insiders our guest andrew you mentioned the 707 and the o-line d-line camps uh First, I want an update on offensive linemen. There was a guy that I think you did something on called Eddie, Eddie Pierre-Louis. I think that's it. Um, mm-hmm. Where is he going? Is Alabama getting some offensive line? Uh, although that's pretty far down the road. Uh, but I think my biggest question is when they have these workouts, do you have access? And if so, how much? Well, unfortunately, for with Alabama, we, we do not have access just because 
they like to close things off. They, ever since Coach Saban's been there, uh, they did not allow media to attend any of their camps. Now, do I talk to enough people who are uh, at the camps and who are uh, coaching at the camps to know who actually did well? Absolutely. So we know who did good. We know, you know, if a kid gets an offer, we know kind of where they are on the pecking order, and we kind of know, uh, uh, you know, who's got a chance to uh, to jump on board. And a lot of these offers that we've kind of been seeing over the course of this uh, these last few weeks, you know, whether it was uh, a high school camp or an O line D line camp or a seven on seven. A lot of these guys are underclassmen. There's a, there's a few guys in the 2023 class that we're seeing that are getting offers, but a lot of these guys are underclassmen. Most of them still can't commit. You still have to have a great junior season. That you're going to be carefully evaluated and watched. Um, and you know Alabama's going to you know, look at everything with a fine tooth comb and make sure that uh, that you're doing all the right things on and off the field to have a offer from Alabama. Say this time next year when you get ready to make that decision but you know you mentioned uh eddie pierre Luis, who came off uh winning the o-line mvp award at the rivals underclassmen camp on friday then came over to tuscaloosa uh clocked i think not clocked but uh did uh 26 bench reps uh of 225 pounds um which was the strongest in the country i mean that was you know pretty impressive and then came over to tuscaloosa earned an offer from alabama but as you mentioned, I mean, he's still kind of a ways away as far as him being a 2024 recruit. You know, Alabama fans want to know who's going to be that first offensive line commitment in the 2023 class, and I think it's going to happen tonight. I think it's going to happen with Wilkin Formby, uh, in-state lineman out of Tuscaloosa over at Northridge High School. is going to announce his decision at 7 p.m. It's between Alabama, uh, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. Now, there's been a lot of talk over the course of the last couple weeks uh, that Ole Miss was in great position with him. But I just – I don't buy it. This is a Tuscaloosa kid. He's definitely wanted by Alabama. The coaching staff has done a great job recruiting him. I think he commits to Alabama uh, this evening. There's also some you know, pretty strong family connections there in Tuscaloosa, including his uh, grandfather who uh, was a punter for the Crimson Tide. So I think Alabama's in good shape there. They had one of the best offensive linemen in the country on campus this weekend, Sampson uh, Okunloa out of Massachusetts. Uh, he had a great time in, in Tuscaloosa. It was his first visit uh, on campus, and he's going to wait until the fall to make a decision. But you know, we've seen a lot of Alabama's top offensive line targets visit over the course of the last few weeks. I mean, Caden Proctor, who's the top offensive lineman, one of the top offensive linemen in the country, five-star recruit, narrowed his list down to Alabama and Iowa on Friday. I think Alabama's got a great chance there. Uh, Olas Alinen uh, out of Finland. I think his decision ultimately comes down to Alabama and Miami. Uh, you've got, um, you know, Rock McGeldery out of Anston High School, who's currently committed to Georgia but visited Alabama uh, last week. Uh, Francis Magoa, uh, big IMG Academy offensive lineman who was also in Tuscaloosa a couple weekends ago. You know, there's just several offensive line targets that are out there for Alabama that I think they're in the top two, top three, four, uh, including Miles McVeigh, who's in Tuscaloosa today on an unofficial visit out of East St. Louis High School in Illinois. This is his fourth unofficial visit to Alabama. I'm going to save that official for the fall. So I think Alabama is probably in the driver's seat uh, for Miles McVeigh. And this is one of those classes where they're going to sign at least five offensive linemen. And it looks like they're in really good position with several guys right now. Andrew Bone, Bama Insider, joining us. He is our Alabama recruiting analyst and expert. And um, you know, one of the things we, we keep bringing up is NIL and the collectives and all that that's going on right now in the universities. 
as you talk to these young guys, they're making their decisions, even the ones who are at 2025 or 2024 coming up, uh, some of these sophomores and juniors. How much is, is that a big – is that playing a huge role for them as far as decision-making on what that NIL will look like, or do you think it's going to still come down to the school, the coach, and the type of system that they can play in to get to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know you're certainly going to have some kids that are going to be out there that are going to make their decisions based on uh, based on NIL opportunities, which is uh, one good for them, and two, you know, probably unfortunate for a lot of schools, especially some schools that you know maybe they develop offensive linemen or maybe they develop uh, a certain position, um, you know, better, you know, a lot better than you know a certain school, and that other school might get the kid just based on a uh, significant NIL opportunity. I think that's kind of a, you know, an unknown with a lot of these kids because most of these kids aren't going to flat out tell you. <laughs> it's at least not going to tell a reporter, yeah, I'm making my commitment based on, uh, you know, what NIL opportunities I get at this school. Now, we know that's going on, obviously, but uh, as far as making predictions on a lot of these kids as to what they're ultimately going to do, because you just don't know. I mean, a kid could be favoring a school his entire life and, you know, Coach Saban even said it, um, you know, a few weeks ago. And that's kind of what, uh, you know, got him in a little bit of uh, trouble. But, you know, kids may have grown up an Alabama fan their entire life, and all of a sudden they get this significant NIL deal. How are you going to say no to that? Um, but I don't think some, you know, there's going to be several kids out there that, that aren't going to worry too much about it. They know, at least with Alabama, playing at Alabama, those NIL opportunities are going to be there. Uh, the majority of kids who have visited Tuscaloosa this month, uh, as far as official visits go, most of them haven't even brought it up to the Alabama coaching staff. Um, some have. Uh, we won't say who those those are, but there are some that you know that have asked about it and um, you know wonder what uh, what deals can potentially be in place for them. As always, great stuff, my man. Thanks for being with us. Happy Father's Day again, your first one, and uh, look forward to having you on next week. Update us again on Alabama recruiting. Thank you, Andrew. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Uh, I mean, at Andrew J. Bone. At Andrew J., the letter J. Bone is his Twitter handle. Find out all the information you need on recruiting. All right, so we got Cleet Walker going to join us. Coming up next, we'll talk Mike Slide Foundation and much more. Stay with us as we wrap up hour number two on this Monday edition. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another hot one out there across here. In at least you've been not as high as it could be. That's going to be changing shortly, however. Partly cloudy this afternoon, tonight, and tomorrow. Hot high of 94 this afternoon. 69 overnight tonight, 95 degrees tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Again, on this Monday edition after Father's Day, hope everybody had a great Father's Day, and uh, we've had uh, three of them on with us today. Mick Gillespie joined us in this hour, as well as Andrew Bone, and last hour, Tim Brando, and joining us now, Cleet Walker, joining us from uh, La Paz, Mike Sly Foundation, Haifu, one of our great sponsors, 
And uh, always great to have him in studio with us, Cleet. Hope you had a great Father's Day, my man. I did. I did. Thank you Anything so much. Anything special? Uh, no. You know, hung out with my kids. Uh, two of my three. My other one's in Nashville. So mm-hmm. uh, we FaceTimed him in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. Any, any golf. traditions? Golf? Is what well, you know, them? yeah. I mean, now that they're out of sports, it's uh, it's nice to do a little family golf on, yeah. on uh, Father's Day. Isn't it amazing? I mean, once I mean, normally he lives at the ballpark. Lars is there now with Lincoln. And... Uh, you didn't have a lot of beach trips at times. You didn't no. have the lake trips and all that. And then all of a sudden now as they get older, which I, I was, we were talking about this earlier, as a father now of my youngest twins are 20, the oldest is 23, the conversations are amazing. It's oh. so much fun. I mean, it just we have such a great time. We went out to Top Golf last night from 8 to 10 and did Father's Day uh, there, so we, we had a blast. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. It's, it's, a, it's a different fun, right? I'd, it is. I'd yeah. go back tomorrow to uh, the ballpark, though. You know, I would too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I missed that all the way than, back. Yeah, yeah. Cleet. Before we get into uh, the Mike Slive Foundation, let, let's just talk about Mike for a second. You obviously are very, very, we're very close to him. How do you think he would be managing things if he were still in charge of the SEC? And I don't want to be critical of uh, Greg Sankey because we all are big fans of Greg Sankey. But uh, would, would would the landscape of college football and college athletics look a little different if Mike? We're still running this ship here at uh, SEC headquarters. Man, that's a that's a tough question. Um, you know, Mike was such a calm soul, but he was such a big giant. Even though he was a small man, he just had you know he's when he spoke, people listened. It's like the old E.F. Hutton. Yeah, you know, right. and uh, and I I think it might be a little different. I, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I don't know where he would have fallen on the whole NIL thing. I think that would have been a little different. I really do. It, 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 it surprised me, and I don't know if we got a, had a chance to really talk about this in depth, Jay. Um, just Jimbo v. Nick Saban, and and when and when uh, when Mike was running the conference, you just never saw coaches going at each other like that. It was all done kind of behind closed doors. Yeah, I think he would have uh, he would have put some kibosh on that. Um, you definitely didn't see that, and uh, that's the kind of and, and they respected him. For that. I mean, it was just not that they don't respect anyone else just just that i think he just carried himself in such a way that was such a a giant in the industry that that people respected that and what he said was it's always so, it the was biggest so, difference yeah. though is social media yeah it wasn't and when my slide was there that's just true. beginning you know and now the saban audio would not have gotten out that quickly jimbo's responses would not have been as fast yeah don't 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 have this hastily arranged press conference at 10 in the morning yeah right. but, but but i don't think it would have been so I, I think what they could have done is they would have heard about it. Uh, the story may have been written the next day or, or some of the video came out the next day, but now it's right now in the moment. And, and then Jimbo went in the moment with all of his emotions, and we know how Jimbo is. But uh, I think that, that probably made, made the difference to give, uh, give uh, Sankey a little credit that he's dealing in a different world uh, than Mike Sly was dealing with at the time when, uh, when he was uh, the uh, commissioner. Now, Mike Sly Foundation, you had the uh, marathon, or the 5K. 5K. Yeah, you ran it. I did. I did. I wouldn't call it a run, <laughs> what I did this time. Did you uh, run, walk, run, knees, walk? It yeah, was, yeah. you know, a lot of run, walk, run, walk. But I got me. from the start to the finish. You know, that's what good matters. Good for you. That's yeah. what it is. What that matters. is all Good crowd. Good, it was good a good crowd. We yeah. had about three over 300 racers uh, signed up, whether virtually or, or on site. We had a lot of guys uh, and gals come up and, and sign up in the morning. Um, great fundraiser. Um, just, just a good event. Uh, kind of our prelim and t- to the Beyond Blue in uh, in late September. Where does that is it still here in, in this area, right? 
Uh, yeah, the, the, the 5K, it starts it starts down at the grocery okay, and uh, finishes at the grocery okay, and uh, goes right through Homewood. It's pretty easy track. Is that so. where Little Donkey used to be? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're now the uh, what's the battery. The battery. The battery. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, the chapel and those guys are bringing that to, uh, I think it'll open soon. Oh, wow. Can you just tell us a little bit about what the Mike Slide Foundation is all about? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, Mike, Mike of course, um, was a prostate cancer survivor early, and then that's one of the things that led to him eventually uh leaving us but uh um his his whole thing was always to eradicate prostate cancer so uh when him and ed myerson got together and they formed the well at the time it was the it was a prostate cancer foundation and uh ed convinced mike to put his name on it about a year in and uh it's been fantastic ever since of course anna his daughter runs it um and she's fantastic and does just an amazing job sports has been a great supporter so sports figures from all over the country are, are always donating and, and being a part of it um and it's just been a fantastic we've raised gosh i can't even remember the number now it's it's maybe close to four four and a half million dollars mm-hmm. in the last few years uh donating to um different research projects all over the southeast um at different colleges um we also raise awareness so one of our things is education you know getting psa tested you know making sure that we get PSA testing to the right groups of people. Um, you know, there's a lot of men out there. You know, when I look at the PSA test, there's 50 million men that should be tested. There's probably 25 million PSA tests a year, and a lot of those are repeats. So there's a lot wow. of men going un- untested. I just said my first one, re- uh, what, six months ago, I guess? Yeah. Is that right? I yeah. think it was. And my first one came back really high, and it was like, uh, when I say really high, it was about medium. And, and uh, I talked to urologists because I ran it through another blood testing group with a big panel. He said, "Look, let's just run the PSA uh, by itself. I'm gonna, you know, send you here, whatever else. Ran it, and it was perfectly normal. Everything was great. It was like half of what it w- was in the first test. Um, that first one scared me. I was like, should have been doing this a long time. And then yeah. when I got the next one back, oh, I was yeah. like, thank God. Jay, I had the exact same experience, yeah. and it, it like scares you straight. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You just, you just, you. I, I feel like I want to get tested every like two months now. It, you know, the great thing is, you know, prostate cancer is a disease that is." you know, 99% survivable if you catch it early. I mean, it shouldn't be something feared. It should be that they get a PSA test and then you manage. If, if you, so if you have it, it yeah. or, you know, if, if it's something that, that hits you and you hope that it doesn't, but like my dad had it, uh, had prostate cancer. He's a survivor. I'm a one in three chance of having it. So, you know, there's a good chance. And so get regularly tested. You catch it early. There's a way to manage it um, your, for the rest of your life and, and not – and not lived uncomfortably either. So um, it, it shouldn't scare people as much as they, it, it's just the people that don't get tested and they find out, you know, they've had it for 10 years and then it's, you know, escaped the capsule or, you know, that's where it really starts. Talk about how, if we get about 30 seconds, just real quick. Yeah. Kind of the, high, the high intensity focused ultrasound. It's one of the, there's several now, but it's a, uh, it's called high intensity focused ultrasound and it's a uh, non-invasive way to treat prostate cancer um, without the same uh, side effects. And so it's, it's an option. It's an option for people that catch it early for sure. It's not a great late stage uh, treatment, um, but it's a great early stage treatment. All right. And also, if you want to get some great Mexican food, get Always out to La Paz, La Paz, no doubt. La Paz and locations throughout the Birmingham area. New Fleet. one coming to Ross Bridge. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Fleet Walker joining us and uh, from High Food, La Paz, and My Slide Foundation. All right, have a great Monday Thanks, and uh, be back on Tuesday tomorrow. Join us right here live from ABX. Thanks, guys. Hi, this is Wes McLuhan.